It looks like quinoa. Um, Greek yogurt, sliced almonds, raisins, and coconut. All mixed up together. Is it good? Delicious. What makes it good? It sounds... Eh. <laughs> What's, what makes it taste good? What's the taste well, part of what I like about it is there's like multiple textures in there. I don't like stuff that's like all much just like just mushy or just cr- like I like a little diversity. Mm. Um, I wanted something sweet, but I didn't want to eat like chocolate or something like that. And the raisins help. No honey. Honey can be too much for me sometimes. And Greek yogurt is the closest I can get to socially acceptably eating sour cream. So there you go. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because, like, I feel like I, I don't think I could eat it with sour cream, but Greek yogurt is pretty close. It's a close second if yeah. you're ever... It is thick and... Meh. <laughs> yeah, but you like sour cream. Yeah, I like sour I like Greek yogurt, too. It's just... Yeah. I like it straight up. Christina no. was like, you're a savage. You don't put anything... or You don't get the flavor kind? I'm like, no. Oh, I couldn't eat it plain. That's disgusting. Oh, no, I love it. That's what I'm saying. It's like eating sour cream. Unless it's got the fruit on the bottom and then all. Yeah, yeah, but then it gets too, I don't know. I've never really been a fruit person either. I just don't, I don't think about eating fruit. Doesn't bother me. When I went on keto and I had to give it up, didn't, I never, wasn't a big deal. Didn't look back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I look back. (laughs) Way back. Are you ready for Evangelion 3.33 part yeah. 2 of 4? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I thought you came oh, prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, touche. I did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, let's welcome everyone to Evangelion 3.33 part 2 of 4. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, my co-host, the indescribable Allison. <laughs> I love it. Good one. Hey, guys. All right. Let's talk about where we left off. You're going you're gonna to do that? Nope. You're okay. going to do that. Okay. <laughs> that was so, your segue. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, well, we left off with Wunder flying away. Into you know the horizon, which let's let's just pause for a moment here, and I want to just first of all, I've come to the conclusion that I think I would want that to be the name of my band if I ever had a band. Wunder. Wunder. Would you spell it the same? Yes, absolutely, I would. Um, its meaning is the ship of hope, because they say that at some point, and what we're going to recap here, and I just want our listeners and everyone to keep in mind how dope of a name for a ship this is. It's also called the God Slayer, which is also pretty metal. Right. Agreed. So just a little shout out for Wunder there. And I can't help, I feel like this Wunder ship is going to be like part of the like new rebuild lore, like Dead Sea Scroll type Apocrypha, you know, mm-hmm. not not Good something, work. not something quite as man-made, you know, kind of like the Spear of Longinus, you know, yes. really of this world. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of vibe I'm getting from it. Yes. So we start back off. We're just about starting up at about 25 minutes in. Um, the ship is flying, doing its thing. Um, Shinji's looking out of the window. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, as we're seeing the the ship float away, there's, like, other ships floating with it, correct? Yeah, it's carrying the whole fleet with it. Right, right. I just want that to be noted. It's almost like like an AT field holding them up, something like that. Excellent comparison. And, yes, I would agree. I just wanted to make that point because, like, they make it they, they make it a point to show, like, the rear angle of the ship kind of leading everyone in these ships that look like they should be in the water just kind of... Yeah. Imagine you know. everyone walking outside on the ship and just being <laughs> like... <laughs> what the fuck just happened? 
I know. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so we get some info um, since taking Shinji out of deep space mm-hmm. or orbit or whatever, they've been using Ava Unit 1 as the engine for Vinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also get some info that the sync rate with Unit 1 is at 0% with Shinji and Unit 1. Because that's what mm-hmm. they say. That's what they're telling us. Something seems iffy about that. <laughs> Something stinks. Yeah. You know, you know, I think I'm going to bring this up later. But I have a little... Theory? Little theory about that. <clears throat> so. Okay. Um, um, and they, they give Shinji a number, right? They call him otherwise known as BM03. I kind of thought that was interesting. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. Um, yes, BM03, which we brought up the last episode as well, if you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're recapping. This is just uh, to make sure uh, everyone's on the same page. Got it, got it, got it. There's a method to my, my madness, man. So they also talk about how Unit 1 went into a state of awakening when they were... Um, putting their little attack on it with Asuka and when, you know, the laser shoots out and does a little twirl. <laughs> uh, which would... I mean... I don't know if I'd call myself an Evangelion expert, but I find it difficult to believe that they would have a state of awakening with a 0% sync rate. Or that's just, like, neutral. You know? Like, just limbo. There's no connection, but, like, it's not even like it's a low connection or low sync. It's just none at all, which is kind of weird, right? So it might indicate something well, is happening. Okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm talking about it now. I know. Do it. All right, so... So Shinji was in Unit 1. That's accepted, right, as being fact. Um, but... My thinking is that the awakening had to have occurred via Yui or Rei, because Rei might be in Unit 1 still. Um, and I think if it was Rei, then that might explain why there's a 0% sync rate, because I don't understand why it would be at 0 if Yui was still the main soul in Unit 1. Unless she was so... Well, she could still be there, just not sinking with Shinji. Well, how... Yeah, but, like... Okay, so... But but the awakening happened when Asuka beckoned for Shinji. Okay. So, if it was all Yui doing it, then was she just... Is she mad at Shinji for what he did, but is, like, not going to let Asuka die, so helps her out a little bit? Because Shinji hmm. can't do it without Yui's help. Right. Hmm. That's a that's that's an interesting call. Um, or does by choosing it, she somehow cease to exist in there? You know, like choosing making a what? choice. Choosing to help Asuka is like it, 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 taking a side, and so she just no longer wants to be involved, you know? Like, that's his consequence. Like, Yui's not in there anymore? Yeah. But how would she leave? I don't know. How does anybody leave? <laughs> well, I mean, if she could have left, I feel like she would have... They would have done that before taking her out. I'm I don't wa- know. I'm, what I'm wondering is if Yui is now sharing a space with Ray, The Ray from the previous film. That's and that, possible. And that's making things wonky. Okay. Because this whole 0% sync rate thing is tripping me up because it just it doesn't make sense to me why it would be at zero because I don't think that there's a reason for Yui and Shinji's relationship to be strained. And that's the... I mean, that's, that's the only reason it would be at zero, you know, if they're not mm-hmm. vibing with each other at all. 
Well, there's a question, listeners. What are your thoughts? Uh, we'd love to hear them. Send them to us at... Do we have an email? Oh, let me look it up real quick. Ooh, it's fullimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Or maybe we should make a Tumblr. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Funny. She got jokes tonight. Jokes on jokes. Uh, so we got a little bit more info about the DSS choker that Shinji has. Mm-hmm. Fashionable Coachella choker. Yeah. Um, and it makes him way more emo, too. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, it just, got, it just ups the emo factor. He's got his choker. He's got his hospital gown. He's got his Crocs. Yeah, a whole I look. mean, yep. Yep, he's a whole mood. So there's several facets um, to the choker. Choker connectivity, synchronization observation, suppression function, detonation function, master key mode, and awakening analysis. Yowza. Yeah. See, the way I described it was an invisible human fence for humans. <laughs> I mean, essentially, they're telling Shinji that he can't really do anything. He can't pilot it, Ava. He can't. He's, what he thought he could do, he can't. Yeah. You know? Or they'll kill him. Maybe, yeah. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. So that's all well and good. Um, we find out that Shinji's little attendant is, in fact, Toji's sister. Younger sister. So... Yeah, and originally I was calling her Bandana, but after more interactions with her, I found a more suitable name. So I'm going to call her Susie, because I think her name is like Suzahara or something like that, right? That's her last name. Whatever. Her first name is is Sakura. Okay. Still, Susie. It just seems like a sunny name, and she seems like, you know, kind of a positive person, especially after everything that she's been through that's... Yeah, no, she's a she's a kick-ass character. I like her a lot. Um, And through her, uh, you know, giving Shinji the the lowdown on things, we find out that between the last movie and this movie, we have a fourteen-year time skip. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everyone else has aged fourteen years, or fourteen years have gone by, except for Shinji. Who's just been chilling in the <laughs> cryo chamber in space or whatever. Purgatory. <laughs> whatever was. Yep. And that's when we get uh, Asuka introduced back in. Asuka v. v Shinji. Yeah. Meeting once again. Did you happen to notice like any throwbacks in that scene? Like when Asuka, so Asuka comes like sees Shinji and like comes bounding up to the window and she like punches it. Mm-hmm. And like there's a, a very deliberate like stop on that scene. And it kind of reminded me was that Unit Zero when they're doing like testing and and Unit Zero like punches in and we're, we wonder if it's at like Gendo or not. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of like a, a callback to that. I didn't even think of that, but it is very, very similar. So it might be. E for and effort. She, and she cracked the damn glass. Yeah, she did. Well, and she was pissed. Punch, one punch, she cracked that glass. And I mean, we knew that Asuka always had her issues with Shinji, but like, it seems like she's really like, oh yeah, she's just fed him. up with him. <laughs> well, everyone seems so mad at Shinji, and like, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into this more later as well. But it's crazy, and she's got. I mean, she's rocking a fit too. She's got besides her plug suit. She's got this maroon, like, track jacket on and this black hat, like a baseball cap. I love the hat. It's got, like, two little, like, ear things on the mm-hmm. back. It's yep. so cute. That look like they match the helmet that she's wearing before, and they allow space for her little Ava barrette things that she has to wear. She also got two pins on them. Mm. Um, one's kind of like... I think they're supposed to be her almost one of them looks like a skull with an eye patch and the other eye is in the shape of a star and then the other pin is looks like a little bullseye well she's a sharp shooter yeah so oscar reveals that she hasn't aged um and 
Mari as well, I'm assuming, because it's been 14 years for her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, due to the curse of the Avas, <laughs> which they neglect to go into further. <laughs> it's funny, because there's another thing that people used to call the curse <laughs> for girls. Uh, I'll leave it at that. It's, yeah. covered in a, it's covered in a Golden Girls episode. Do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Go watch the whole series. It, 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 it will not disappoint. So, this Ava curse is new. Um, yes. We don't have any details on it. Yeah, know. she kind of yeah, says it like everyone should know what it is. Yeah, and I'm assuming that they... <sighs> so, it must be that... Whatever, once they reach 14, or whatever the age is, that's when they stop aging. Because Asuka and Ray have piloted them at a younger age, and they continue to grow up, at mm-hmm. least until this point. Um, at least, I mean, that's assuming that Asuka kind of follows the same storyline as the previous one does, where she was chosen mm-hmm. at a young age, but we don't know that either, since this is Asuka Langley Shikinami, so it might it might have might be a different background, and that might account for the change and kind of rule out my hypothesis here. <laughs> I know, you're breaking your own rules. I know. Um, so we don't know much about the Ava curse, but apparently it... Besides um, keeping fan servers going, because um, now people can uh, justify lusting after these characters because they're technically 28 now. <laughs> Loophole! <laughs> <laughs> So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Super fantastic. Um, but yeah. That was sarcasm. <laughs> but she does give, the, the, especially with this little outfit and, um, I mean, her hair's, hair's not that different, but how she holds herself, she kind of gives off that aged and accursed feeling. Like she should be she- working on Davy Jones' ship or something. <laughs> She isn't as shrill. I hate to use that word to describe a woman, but she just, she was always very like yelly and shrilly and she seems a lot more toned down now and like more focused anger rather than just out of control stuff. She seems more in control of her emotions as, you know, hostile as they may be. Yeah. Um, and then Shinji asks about Ray, and they say that she, they have no idea where Ray is. Um, I mean, I, we, if we're talking about outfits, we can't go another second without talking about Captain M's new outfit. She looks like she should is like what? the uh, new version of like Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> Isn't she just wearing her her red trench? Yeah, but she's got the, like, high top hat on, Mm. and she's, like, leaning against the wall with, like, one leg up and, like, against the wall and just looking badass. Yeah. She doesn't quite look like Misato until she takes the hat off and the glasses. And she's got that one little piece of hair that, like, crosses her forehead. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. This is uh, what happened to the Misato that we knew and loved. She grew up. I guess so. Oh, damn. Drop my pen. Life happens. What would she be now? Uh, She'd be like 40... 43? 43, 44, yeah. Really old. Kidding. Prime of her life. (laughs) Prime of her life. It smells like KFC in my recording studio right now. I don't know why. Is it making you hungry? It's making me very hungry and making me want KFC. (laughs) I feel like it's wafting through the vents from a different house or something, different room. It's like that Seinfeld episode where Kramer lives outside of the chicken joint. (laughs) I was just thinking of when he has the hot tub in his apartment. (laughs) Yes. That show is fantastic. So, I don't know if this was a catch or not, but I think... Asuka calls Misato Colonel as she's leaving the room, not Captain. 
she does. She does. And I was like, mm, in a very, in a very sarcastic way too. Like it didn't sound like she was saying it with any kind of respect. It seemed a little bit, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Asuka is kind of, I feel like Asuka is maybe like the, what's the, what's the phrase for it? Rogue something. Loose cannon. Loose cannon. There you go. Um, But they need her, so they can't really do anything about it. Because obviously they just have Asuka and uh, Mari to pilot them, and Asuka's kind of the Mm go-to. So I feel like like there's some discontent between Misato and Asuka as well, but they have the same goals, so they kind of just keep things going. Like frenemies. Yeah, I mean, plus they already had their, like, little struggles with the Misato Kaji stuff, so it probably didn't help. No. Drama, drama, being girls. Yeah, um, and we haven't seen Kaji yet. We have not. No, we have not. We've heard him discussed a couple times. I I believe uh, Chops, during the end of uh, the last battle, mentions him because he says that um, he describes Misato as something and he underestimated her or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact. So, going back to the Rei Anami discussion, I think Ritsuko says that Rei Anami no longer exists in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also said they have no idea where she is. So, like, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> How can you say she doesn't exist if you don't know where she is? <laughs> I mean, chicken or the egg, I guess. Yeah. Either you don't know or she doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Pick a color. <laughs> Pick a lane. Stay in your lane. Um, and also, they return Shinji's cassette player to him and tell them it had been reconstructed. In because then they had to like check it for something. Yeah, is how they put it. Just make sure there's no mm-hmm. little angels hiding there or something. It's bugged or something. Yeah, but apparently Ray or Unit One or something at the end of the last movie were like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this back together for you because I feel like you're gonna need it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like identifiable Shinji, and it's a connection to his father too. As we know from yeah, and I think discussions. I mean, if you're listening, then you've at least watched the, this portion of the f- film. I think that this cassette player is mainly a symbol of the previous, the Ray from movie two, her uh, development as a character and her desire to bring Shinji and her his dad closer. And I think it's going to become important, or I think they're going to do something with it in the fourth movie, because um, this Ray that we see in a little bit, I don't think that that's the same Ray. I think they made another one. And I think that the Ray from the second movie is going to pop up at a later point. Huh? Ooh. There you have it, folks. Predictions. Predictions. And if they don't do that... Um, my disappointment will be immeasurable, and my day will be ruined. <laughs> your day? I would imagine it's going to be more than your day. <laughs> I will forsake all bonds of Evangelion for a decade. <laughs> You're going to shun them? Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of banter between Asuka and Mari, kind of showing their the work relationship that they've built. Um, nothing of significance, really. No, there, there are a lot of, like, just bravado with each other and, like, mean girl talking back and forth. Mm-hmm, they and talk about how I, stupid Shinji is, right? Yeah. Like, ask uh-huh. if he's still dumb, dumb idiot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, clearly on some level they get along and they're playing for the same team. So I guess that's really all you can ask for either one of them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering, because we never really found out um, Mari's motivations or her desires. So yeah, we don't if, really know her story at all. So I'm wondering if what she's at now, working with this organization, um, is what she wanted to do 
in the first place. Or, like, just be, like... Because now she has, like, her own Ava. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's all she wanted in the first place. Seems like it. I mean, she doesn't really seem like she's driven by any kind of principle or, you know, mission or some traumatic event that we know of. You know, it just seems purely sport to her. So that that could be. So as they're chilling, Shinji starts to hear Ray or Ray's voice talking to him in his Mm -hmm. head. No one else seems to hear it. Um, He starts freaking out. Um, Risco gets sick and tired of him, presses the mute button. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, essentially. And that's when the side of the room blows up. Big old hole in the the wall. Big old explosion. And what appears to be Unit Zero is right out there waiting. Eye and hand. Yeah. That's all you can really see. And I think Shinji asks if it's Unit Zero, or that it looks like Unit Zero, but it's in fact Unit Nine, not Zero. Mm-hmm. Just for clarification. Okie dokie. Um, and that's also when we find out that Shinji has not been hanging with his uh, Nerf buddies. He's been hanging out with <laughs> Vila buddies. Vila. Yeah. Which is W I L L E. Willie. <laughs> Wiley. He's a Wiley Bredis. <laughs> I like how it is pronounced. Wait, wait say it again. Vile? Veal? I don't know. Veal? Okay. Veal? Wonder. <laughs> we'll stick with Wonder. But yeah. I think yeah. it's Vile. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. Maybe a disgruntled German listener will send us a strongly worded email. <laughs> That's all right. I'd gladly take it. I'd gladly take the correction. Um, yeah, but be that as it may, it is. we realize that now we're dealing with a different organization. Yes, and their purpose is to destroy all of Nerf's AWAs. I believe annihilate Nerf altogether is something that Captain M says. Sounds like a worthy endeavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got this big-ass flying ship. Why not? I mean, and it's powerful enough to also tow a fleet behind it. So it's pretty yeah. badass. Um, so Mari gets dispatched to intercept Unit 9 with this little pistol, and she's singing this little song. How she, when she has she's going to blow your head off. Yeah, when she has her eyes on the target, she never misses. And yep. boy, if you want to know that she pops a cap right in the fucking head. Yep. Headshot. Yep. She's she's a badass. Yeah. She's, she's no joke. She's perky and, and strange, but she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she hasn't, and she hasn't really done much for us to dislike her. I mean, she kind of... No. Maybe dogged on Shinji a little bit when he wouldn't, you know, go with her. But, it, you know, I mean, other than that. Other than, you know, not being one of the OG characters, she hasn't done anything wrong. True. We don't really know her motivations or her her, her purpose. Yep. Yet, but. We don't. Um, so, her, her, Ava, it's pink. Pink and yellow, but mostly pink and white. Um, it's not labeled like the other ones. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. For those of you who are wondering, I'm sure that uh, Nick is consulting his little booklet from inside of his Blu-ray that comes with the movie, which I believe last episode we told you you should absolutely thumb through because then you can see a lot of these things that we're talking about, like, right there. Yeah, because the the way that they're labeled is, is very strange. So, for instance, the... And I think... I think this is one of the little drone thingies that attacked Asuka in, in the opening scene of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, they called them Evangelion Mark um, 04. And it's 
It looks like a little drone with a couple of pincers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for Unit 2, they they have different names depending on what kind of outfit they're using. So, for instance... Oh, so Ava's are outfit-specific? Yeah, and, and, and they had talked about this in the original series a little bit. Um, they would say, like, Type A or Type B configuration. Um, we never saw a different configuration, but there were other ones, and there's some art and some merch um, with it. But when Asuka is using the rocket boosters... Um, in the beginning of the film, that's called... They refer to that as Evangelion Production Model um, 02 Beta. And then when she has the, like, bulky arm, I think, during um, when she, like, gets it replaced, because I think she had, a, as a, she had a gun for her arm for a little bit. When yes. she gets it replaced, and now it's just like a little bulkier arm. That one, that's Evangelion Production Model uh, 02. Y. Improved. Y. Or improved. Um, I don't know what the actual name for that symbol is, the Y. Anyways, Mari's Evangelion is Evangelion Production Model Custom Type 08 Alpha. Um, and then when it looks a little bit bulkier, it has slightly different outfitting, it's beta. So, it's like they've gotten rid of the marks, or, like, the units, and they just have a completely different system of labeling them. Based on... Seems like Apple must have taken a cue from Evangelion when they, like, <laughs> named all their iPhones. <laughs> yeah, it's it's... It's strange because then there's another Ava and later in the film that's just labeled with a number. And no mark, no unit, no model, just Evangelion number. <laughs> well, we've seen it. Or we've seen it labeled as 13 later on. But just strange differences, I suppose. Um. But back to Mari shooting Unit 9. Um, she blows its fucking head off, but that yeah. doesn't stop it. Nope. Um, and apparently it is sporting something called the Vessel of the Atoms, which seems to be a very cool, nifty little, like, jetpack type thing that kind of just morphs and when you need it and just flies you off. Don't know mm. much about that. Yep. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Haven't seen that one yet. Nope. And the Vessel of the Atoms is a cool cool name. Tots. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and also, just to go over my point a little bit more, uh, the one that Ray's using here, the yellow Evangelion, that one's Mark 9. Okay. Not model, not just number. So, like, they just need to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Because... <laughs> unnecessarily confusing. Have a system, people. <laughs> Have a system and stick to it. Yeah, so Unit 9 grabs Shinji, blast off, Team Rocket style, um, and Misato has the little switch out ready to pop Shinji's little head off, and uh, she couldn't do it. No. So Could not pull the trigger. She's still got a little bit of old Miss M in her. And she couldn't kill Shinji. Yep, as tough as she looks and is acting, she still has a little soft spot in her heart for the Shinji. Yeah, I mean, who can blame her? I mean, he is kind of a brat, but, you know, we love him. Um, and then we get this great line from Asuka as, as Shinji escapes, um, as she's, she's on-looking him, on-looking at him. Uh, she says, he's not an idiot. He's a brat. <laughs> yep. 
And actually, it's kind of ironic because, in a way, Asuka was kind of bratty, you know? So, it, for her to be turning around to call Shinji a brat is just kind of funny. Yeah, and you know, sh- you know, I feel like Asuka and Mari have, or they should have the mentality of a 28-year-old, whereas I feel like Shinji's still at 14. Good point. Good point. Because even though they haven't physically aged, they're, they've been present for the last 14 yeah, years. Yeah, whereas Shinji's just been... I don't know, playing tic-tac-toe with Yui or something. (laughs) Oh, man. Playing his violin or cello somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Shinji wakes up at his favorite unfamiliar ceiling room Mm -hmm. in a hospital. Apparently, um, this very boring blue-tinted hospital survived the third impact. (laughs) The one one building left standing. (laughs) Yeah. And it has not changed at all. Nope. nope. And we finally we see Ray. Ray is there with a nice fancy black and red plug suit. She looks dope. She does look dope. I love the black. Uh, all black all day. I like it. Mm-hmm. The contrast of their light skin and the hair, it's just it's a good it's a good so fit. Do you like the black more than her her yes. white suit from before? Yeah. yeah. Toast. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. <laughs> no argument. Um, so they start moving, and we get a little look at what is left, or the current state of the Geofront, and what was previously known as Nerf HQ. <laughs> yeah, and here we have another, like, awkward elevator conversation. Um, and I, I also wanted to know that... <laughs> I think it's funny that there's all this destruction and everything going on, yet the death escalator still works. Oh These gosh. elevators still I wrote work. it down. Death escalator. There's nothing else to it. I just put a little bullet down for death escalator. <laughs> still working. Still working, despite the damage. And it was like, I don't know how much money we have, but fix that fucking death escalator. <laughs> Or he designed it so that the whole place could fall around I except know. for that the part. The pyramid's gone. The lake's destroyed. <laughs> it looks like they had to excavate the pyramid and the pool, like, out. Because it, yeah. it's it's not, like, above, like, it's above ground. But it looks like there was so much debris and, like, dirt or something afterwards. And they had to, like, machine dig it out. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, it imploded on itself. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. And that's such a small, like, quick thing to miss. Um, but it's super cool. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, in the next 10 minutes, there's so much stuff that I can't even begin to explain. So, if yeah. you, so if you've, if you listen this far and you're like, you know, we've always <laughs> given you answers, just set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, I just like, there's a lot of light and dark contrast in a lot of these shots, like the red and grays of the destruction so and the red. white and blue of the sky. Yeah, it's just, it's a stark contrast. Also, I like, and they're panning over and they show like one portion of like, it looks almost like concrete or something, but there's flowers that are growing mm-hmm. through the concrete. So it's like an interesting, uh, you know, that life it still survives throughout all this destruction and there, there can be some beautiful things in a place that seems like desolate. And there's a bunch of like craters and stuff as though there was like a meteor shower that hit it. Yeah. Very, very war torn and just like battle ridden. Yeah. Um, Like fallout, like nuclear fallout. Apocalyptic, which I mean, makes sense. Um, But yeah, I I do like that shot with the flowers growing out of the cracks of the concrete, Mm -hmm. you know, makes me think of, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. That's right. Um, so they kind of go over old spots that we're familiar with at Nerf. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the spot with the Ava train tracks where they kind of had all three of them lying down and they would dispatch them and they had the center cylinder that would go up and down and they could rotate them just like a fancy looking like Thomas the Train little engine setup. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's called, but... Locomotive. Uh, yeah. They have the harness location for uh, the Avas, um, like where Shinji first saw Unit 1. Um, they walk past that, and, you know, and he stops and looks at it, you know, takes... He recognizes it, which is just cool seeing these 
things that we've always seen like in pristine Destroyed. condition and now they're ruins yeah mm-hmm. oh, God. why can't they just make a good Evangelion game damn <laughs> get on it it'd be so dope yeah it would it really really would um yeah just like we're going on a tangent here I don't care but like they could do so much like I'd want it, it'd have to be open world to an extent they could have because they'd have to pick the right studio to do it mm-hmm. um, but if if they had like a big open world and you could explore Tokyo 3 as the pilots you don't need to have that many characters playable characters and you could mm-hmm. have like stupid missions like little nerf missions where you can do just as a person or mm-hmm. you know they could have like little puzzle games that would be like sync tests or just like various tests that Ritsuko's running you know Mm-hmm. And then you could have, you know, like, battles and missions and stuff, either in the city or in the geofront or elsewhere where you get to play as the Evangelians, and you can, like, upgrade them. Maybe you could change their colors. Like, ugh, sitting on a gold mine. For all of any of our listeners that happen to be a computer programmer, uh, uh, we can refer you to a fantastic artist who'd be able to help you bring that to life. Hey, just, even I might play that. Yeah, and then like you could do like the you could. It doesn't even matter if you play through the timeline, like as the series or the movies. Like you could you could do that. You could do a separate thing. But that's look at how many games you could come up with. There could be yeah. a game for each one. Yeah, the, th- the only thing is is finding a thing that's gonna make it right and not just make it to make money, like the Avengers game that came out. But, I can't comment on that. But, uh, yeah, well, hey. So good. Could be so good. So Shinji sees Casanova playing the piano below. And Casanova, he ain't playing no games. He never is. He's no. playing his piano with his eyes closed and turn, <laughs> tilts his head up and opens his eyes just from the make direct eye contact with Shinji and strike him with a blush because <laughs> he knows what he's doing <laughs> oh yeah oh he knows exactly what he's doing and that's when we get introduced to our dear old friend Gendo Ikari with his yep. fancy new visor <laughs> yeah he reminds me of um <laughs> I don't know if anybody will remember this but in the old Star Trek The Next Generation LeVar Burton Geordi he used to have this thing that like wrapped around his eyes Kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> his is Gendo's is pretty dorky looking. Yeah, I, well, I miss his glasses. I do kind of miss his glasses because it it did give him like this. Uh, I don't know. He he seems more like soldier like now, where before he was kind of like normal guy, sinister dad with just the glasses. I don't know. That's yeah, my take. Um, you also get introduced to this giant orb, which apparently is containing. Ava 13. 13, correct. Which we know nothing about. Uh, but we do know that it's going to be two pilots now. Yes. Right? Kaora and Shinji. Twice Whoa. the fun. What's, how what? does that work? We don't know. Yeah. And basically, Gendo's just like, yeah, you're going to pilot this with Kaora. Anyways, that's it. His exact words are, this talk is over. And I was like, it's not really a talk when nobody says anything back to you. It's more like I mean, a statement. Shinji's just been gone for 14 years. He pops back up with the remnants of Nerf, which is just Gendo and Fuyutsuki. And this person claiming to be Rei. And Kaora. And they're just like, you're going to pilot this. In the future, for some unknown reason. Um, it's new technology. Figure it out later. Anyways, that's it. Good talk. Yeah, well, I mean, and yes, that's 100% true, but Shinji's been here before, you know, when he was first asked to pilot this thing. Yeah. So but- it's in a different context now, but it's kind of the same scenario. Yeah, but up until 
a little bit later, Shinji still has no fucking clue what's going on. Right, but he didn't have any fucking clue what was going on before either. He just was supposed to show up there and work for his dad. He yeah, but like now doing. everything that he'd built in the first and second movie's been undone. Essentially. So before, everyone else was kind of new at it, too, to an extent. You know, this was Ava One's, uh, you know, pilot flight first thing. They, you know, were going up against the first angel they'd seen. And Misato had just moved there, too. And, you know, he built friends with Asuka and Rei to an extent. And now Rei is wonky again. Asuka hits him. Misato hits him. Gendo's still the same douche. But... But they don't have a whole organization. It's just the the two of them. <laughs> well, they mean. And it's been 14 years. She's just not even just like she hasn't asked a damn question, <laughs> which is which is in line with him his character. But I'm just... yes, I know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating then. It's frustrating now. I'm like in a in a franchise that has made like a pattern of not giving us answers. The fact that they're creating so many questions and not even having the character ask any questions is blood curdling. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be kind of the point. (laughs) So Shinji moves on to his little hotel room featuring his shit hospital food to just mush. Oh my god. I I wrote the food is shite. Like it's all it looks like mush. Yeah. I would have sent that shit back. All the good cooks died. True. So. (laughs) Their kitchen was destroyed. Yeah. So Shinji goes exploring, and we get this little montage of him walking around, and we see, you know, a huge pile of Nerf bikes. We see the hallway with the vending machines where, you know, Kaji would flirt around and drink UCC coffee. We get... (laughs) Conveyor conveyor belts moving with some contraptions on top of them. So something's still working or moving. Um, we have rows and rows of Evangelion hands on in stock. Just mm-hmm. like Amazon warehouse style. Um, and finally we have the big old brain machine that Ray uses. Except now the top of the brain machine has pillars or cylinders that are also featuring... Um, cabal markings because because why <laughs> yeah, not? It was like I have leftover money from the escalator, <laughs> so let's paint the shit out of these pillars. Uh, these came from my office that blew up. There were just pieces. I think all I still over. have the stencils. If you just want to go, yeah, back. just do what you can. This will make it look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. <clears throat> um, I love Ray's little shack. It's just well, <laughs> let's talk about too, like Shinji just walking right in there. Like, it, it's just like well, I mean, and, in his defense, the curtain was open. There's no door. I guess the curtain wasn't closed. If someone walks in on me, when my door is open, I mean, I feel like that's partly on me. But you're the only one there. It's not like it's like a room full of people. Like it's just like they're the only person in this abyss of places. Like you, you wouldn't be like hello. Like before you walked in, he's just like what? Well, I guess maybe what I would have done. I don't know. Door curtains open, lights on. I'm just like, oh hey Ray. I would (laughs) have. I would have crept up in there, found a weapon somewhere. (laughs) Ray's just like, sup. Yeah, and Same. even le- if if this is possible, she's an even less emotionless Ray. <laughs> yeah, and you know she's and you know he kind of probes her about events and asking her about if she's been reading any books and stuff, and and she hasn't been done, doing any of the things that we consider or associate with Ray. So I'm thinking this is just a new Ray that Gendo made to help get his little project getting going again. And I feel like it's a little awkward between them, too. Like, you know, the last thing Shinji remembers because he talks about it is that, you know, he must have saved Ray, and then everybody tells him that she's gone. And then all of a sudden now he finds her, and he doesn't seem, like, super surprised by that. Well, like... Shinji seemed very... Um... 
secure in his thinking that he saved Ray. Right. He was pretty adamant about that. Yeah, because he remembered pulling her out, and he had the cassette player. Right. I mean, he doesn't seem to take any time to think about why Ray is here now and, like, the events leading up to that, which would have been, you know, a good question to ask, Shinji. Exactly. Uh, so that's my point. Like, I don't know that I'd be asking about what books you've read lately. I'd be like, so what the fuck has been going on well, the last 14 years? But he's also still a stupid 14-year-old, so, like, what do I know? I don't know. He's okay. thinking. But... Yeah, so but he's, this, but he's basically begging her for answers. Like he's he starts with the small talk, and then it becomes more desperate toward the end. Yeah, it's like seems like he, he's very eager and desperate to make this Ray seem like the old Ray, um, and she clearly is not. So. No, no. She's cool. like like. Book? If, if she were had the personality of old Ray featuring this cool new emo plug suit, damn. That would be a dangerous combination right there. But no. Can't have nope. one. Can't have them both. So then I think we have Gendo and Futsuki chickity checking out the Zilla monoliths, which were. Did they. They didn't do anything the last film at the end, right? We didn't do anything? No. no. So they talk about how they're going to enact the Human Intermortality Project, uh, you know, per the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that they're going to use Evangelion 13 for the next mission. Let's, let's hope that Shinji knows how to fucking use it. <laughs> he just got here. Yeah, it's, the, the odds are not in his favor. No. They are not. Um, switch back over to Shinji sifting through a mountain of books from apparently Nerf's library that it must have had that we never knew about. Well, evidently it caved in because there's just mountains and mountains of books. Yeah. But I mean, just things like this, like I wish we could have seen more of the layout, the blueprint of the Nerf headquarters. Yeah, like more of their like living quarters, and mm-hmm. you know, a what library. Was there? Is there a pool too? <laughs> is there a bowling alley? <laughs> Clearly, there was not a gourmet kitchen. I know their healthcare is crap, but like, I don't know what, what kind of amenities <laughs> do they have. I know what other perks you got for me? Seriously. Oh, is this when we? I think this is when we get the shot of the flowers, maybe because I wrote, "Life growing emits decay." Mm-hmm. But there you I, go. I wasn't very specific with my notes. There were there was kind of like a montage, I think, at this point, with a lot of faces talking to Shinji as he's reflecting mm-hmm. on all of this. Um, and that's when I think shortly after that, Shinji approaches Kaura and they start having a very intimate piano lesson. <laughs> yes, yes. I will. I will m- make a point here that I I do at this point feel bad for Shinji. Like everybody that he's known has kind of turned their back on him and he doesn't know what's going on. And 14 years have gone by that he's missed out on. So, you know, he's kind of walking around all sad doggy, which normally would irritate me, but I feel like in this context, he's just really alone again. And it's really sad having known that he, you know, had relationships and, and had connections with people to have that all be gone now and not really understand why they're so hostile to him. That's, that's really, I felt really bad for him. Yeah. And it, it, it mirrors vaguely the events in the series, like episode 24. He can't go to Misato. He can't go to Asuka. And the ray that's available to him isn't the ray that he knows. Yep. And but yep. who's here being his friend? But Casanova, just like before. Mm-hmm. With music, luring him with music. Yeah, which which kind of lends itself to this whole idea that the whole rebuild series is just the like a a different telling, a different, a, a not an alternate version, but a different version that like, you know, one ends and another begins. You know, we have these parallels that aren't quite identical but are also very similar in situation and mood. Yeah. Um, they made no mistake in making sure that uh, Yamaha got the 
advertising for the piano. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, and again, just because I'm obsessed with it and it's kind of popular now, I'm going to go to my Karate Kid reference and kind of compare what Casanova is doing with Shinji to the Mr. Miyagi technique of teaching Daniel karate, where he gives him like other tasks. And while learning those other tasks, he learns the fundamentals of what he's supposed to be doing. And I think knowing now that Shinji and Casanova have to pilot together, they have to find a way to, for lack of a better way, make music together. So this is how they're going to start it off. So that's just my karate kid reference for the day. They so Shinji has a friend again in mm-hmm. Kaora. Um, and Kaora says that, like Shinji, they both have predestined fates, and that they're that he's just like him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being this like Nostradamus type <laughs> figure. I love one of his lines is sounds are so much fun. <laughs> I don't you're know for so, some reason. You're so right, Power. <laughs> I just love that line. I'm like, that's that's really great. You're I love right. His, Sounds are fun. I love his little talk with him uh, later, where he's just like, "Don't worry about playing good. Just like make sounds that sound good to you. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just keep playing something until you like how it makes you feel. It's like, exactly. Wow. It's almost exactly what he says. He says, "Keep practicing until you're happy with the way it makes you feel." We all need a f- damn cower in our life. He's seriously. He's, he's a, a lot. Of, he's a positive vibes type of person for he, sure. He is. Um, and I like that. I was I was reading about how they they did this, but they like they shoot someone in real life in the same position playing the piano, mm-hmm. and then just have the animation mirror it. Mm-hmm. So that they're playing every key, they're playing the right keys, mm. um, and I think that's so cool in the detail and also the inside of the piano showing. Every I key. loved that the way they did it too, and like it was kind of that trippy imagery, mm-hmm. like all the colors and the way that like if you were to get inside a piano, what it would look like. That was really cool. Yeah, and there was this like little blue sky art, uh, like horse art little thing while they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I think I'm going to throw a portion of that song in here because it's so damn good. And, you know, fingers crossed here. But everyone deserves to listen to a little bit of it. Absolutely. It's called Katramans uh, or Katramans or... I don't know. Katramans. <laughs> Close Q- enough. Q-U-A-T-R-E space M-A-I-N-S. Gotcha mains. Anyways, so I'm gonna put a little bit of that, so enjoy. So, there it is. So pretty. I could jam out to this. Jam out to this song. Um, but I'm wondering, because Shinji and Kaora, they get playing really good, and I'm wondering if they're, this isn't supposed to tell us that they've spent a considerable amount of time. I think her. that I think that was like the montage effect was supposed to simulate time elapsing because I mean at first he's he's like banging one key at a time and like the next scene he's like Billy Joel so I feel like yes there is time that has elapsed maybe not a lot and I think it's also partially to show the good combination that they make because Casanova seems like a very calming influence for Shinji you know I feel like he just makes him feel at ease and makes him feel comfortable being himself and I think that's a good thing for Shinji yeah definitely um 
So then later, Shinji has Kaoru fix his cassette player, and Kaoru is able to do it with ease. And he talks to him about how kind of when you've been around this long, you pick up some things. And I'm wondering how long you've been chilling here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you learned how to fix cassette players. <laughs> yeah. Strange. In the, in the year, oh, what? What year would this be? Twenty twenty-eight. Yes. Ish. Fourteen from two thousand. Yeah, twenty-six. Oh, twenty-six. Why? I thought it was. T- 2006. Wasn't it, I thought it was 2014. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um. So yeah. So and Kaoru says, because later on they they chill, they hit lay back and they watch the watch the stars together. Very romantic. <laughs> yeah, but one of the the nice sentiments is I think Shinji. Um, you know, he says, I've been gone 14 years, but I look at the sky and it's still the same. So there are things that can stay consistent, um, even though your own personal space and, you know, what you're thinking has changed. The world itself still stays the same somewhat. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kara's in his head thinking, boy, do I have something to show you. <laughs> it's going to make you change your mind about that. Um but no, Kaoru has oh, this yeah. little... He says, uh, who knew something so simple could feel so good? And he tells Shinji that he was born to meet him. That's like his classic line. Very hy- hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a cheesy line that you throw at somebody at the bar. Yeah. I was he, born to meet you. He makes it work. Uh, we transition to get this short little scene of Shinji back in his room. Um, he's switching out his clothes, and he gets a new button-down T-shirt, a little big on him. Um, and he looks at it, and it's uh, Toji Suzuhara's old shirt. Big oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. And see, that would have been, like... <laughs> that would have hit so much. I know it hits hard, because we don't know what's up with him, or if he died, or... Whatever, but this would have hit so much harder if it was Toji who was in the Unit 3 or whatever, and not Asuka in the previous Asuka. film. Yeah. Right. But, you know. Let's see where you're headed. What are you going to do? But in an effort to answer some questions for Shinji, Kaura starts bringing him down these scary, highly elevated, spooky stairs with a chain against the wall so you have something to hold on to. And he's in like a hazmat suit. Yeah. So who knows what's going on down there. Um, yeah, nothing good it doesn't look like. And you know, Kaori keeps going ahead and Shinji kind of freaks out and stops moving because, I mean, understandably so. There's The staircase is just planks of metal or wood sticking out of a wall. There's nothing next to him except for a strict drop-off. It's cloudy AF up there. You can't mm-hmm. see nothing. Seems windy as well. And windy, yeah. But Cower comes back up to him and grabs his little hand and leads him back down. Um, and then that's where we see our like acid-induced scenery. Um, <laughs> with a huge floating orb that has a bizarre, almost like crisscross pattern. Um, lots of red spiked crosses. Um, a giant fissure in the ground that has a set of teeth on each side. Um, it seems to be that they're, where they're hanging out at the base, at the very base, seems to be like a giant eye-looking thing. It looks like an iris around the, the edges of it. And atop this very tall pillar is an upside-down pyramid, which I think is where they're chilling. Um, mm-hmm. We see a plethora of Ava statues, or just or just ruined Avas. Um, and, and that's something that we don't know anything about, because at the end of the second movie, it, bef- you know, he gets impaled by the spear, and we think that's the end of it. But where the frick did all these Avas come from? 
I don't know. Somebody's mass producing them. Yeah. Looks so, looks like. So it seems like it's hard because we we're led to believe that after he gets hit by the spear, um, Kaoru prevents the third impact from happening. But then there's all this shit that happens, and like some of it can be explained. Like, the giant fissures, like, we kind of see when he starts the third impact, there's, like, this big crack that he kind of makes. Um, mm-hmm. But when that happens, not everyone in the immediate vicinity dies. You know, Misato and Ritsuko are all fine. So, what? at what point after he gets hit, and this, do we have this huge battle of all these Avas and these craters everywhere, and just, like, this complete rewiring of this world where we have giant floating orbs and eyes in the ground and <laughs> pyramids in the sky <laughs> and everyone's mad at Shane yeah. because he doesn't know what's coming <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where we are what we're working with yet Mm-mm. um you know Kaori talks a little about how since he didn't quite complete the third impact, that they, the Lilin, refer to it as the near third impact, um, and that, you know, Shinji apparently was the catalyst for all this, which he didn't take very well, um, and that the Lilin, or, you know, those at Vila, or Vila, Vili, whatever, uh, expect Wiley. him, Miley. <laughs> Wiley Coyote. Uh, <laughs> if you live in New York, Wiley. <laughs> they expect him to bear the wages of that sin. Um, but don't worry, because Kyle reassures Shinji that all sins can be atoned for. Whoa. Dun dun dun. What's that mean? I don't know. And that's when we're hit with the midpoint title card of Evangelion 3.33. You cannot redo roughly at. 50 minutes in. Yeah. So we're halfway through, guys. We'd love to hear your thoughts thus far. If you have any questions going forward um, about what you'd like to hear, please, please feel free to email us at fullimpactpodcast at gmail.com or, you know, maybe hit some stars, give us a review, anything you'd like to do. Um, So coming up next week, yeah, totally. Coming up next week, we have a bit of a bonus for you listeners. I think we're going to keep the details under wraps, um, if I'm not mistaken, unless, Nick, you want to... Uh, well, if all goes well, we were gonna we are going to have another special guest next week um, that I think everyone will enjoy. Um, and then after that, the week following, we'll pick back up yep. and finish the second half of the film second half of the film parts two or i'm sorry parts three and four of the movie 3.3 you may not advance i hope that everyone out there enjoys listening to our podcast as much as we enjoy making it i'm one of your hosts allison and with me as always the likably snarky nick that's better (laughs) it had to be nice and mean at the same time you could just be mean it's okay (laughs) all right folks well until next time (laughs) turd until next time